I just feel kind of an old-fashioned Pentecostal praise in this house this evening. That, my God, you haven't forgotten how to worship. You haven't. I feel an old-fashioned Sunday night praise in this house today. So I think I'm just going to talk about praise for just a few minutes. Musicians kind of get in your mind some old-fashioned Sunday night praise songs that we might just praise our way out of here tonight. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to read from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 18. I like what I feel in this house today. I believe there is a word from God for somebody here, and it's my prayer that you would leave this house with a greater appreciation for your praise. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 18. The Bible says, Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. God, what does that, how good does that sound? Violence shall no more be heard in thy land and wasting nor destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. We just sang about defending us and, and lifting up a standard. I believe that there's a revelation in this house. God wants to prepare somebody for what they're going through and, and, and give somebody an understanding of what is going to take you to this place of peace that we're reading about. So for the next few moments, I want to talk to you simply about the protection of praise. The protection of praise. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for your power, your presence, your anointing in this house. God, we don't take your presence for granted. God, thank you for inhabiting our praise and manifesting yourself among us. Now, God, anoint your word. Let us not just be hearers, but doers only. Let, let your word take root in our hearts and in our minds and produce life in the days and the weeks and the months to come. And we'll be careful to give your name the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As you look at history, you find perhaps that one of the most consistent characteristics of cities throughout time has been walls. You find walls on virtually every continent and in every culture. And, and it seems that for much of history that walls were seen uh, as a near necessity. It almost uh, would appear that there has been a, a human instinct to build uh, this protection whenever you find yourself settling uh, in an area that you're unfamiliar with or you find yourself facing uh, unknown uh, or unseen dangers. It would appear that the greater the threat, the greater the uncertainty, then uh, the greater there was an urgency uh, to build uh, a wall. And for centuries, walls uh, would exist uh, as a source uh, of security uh, and a relative uh, peace of mind. And some walls that have been built uh, over the centuries uh, were so substantial uh, that they survive and exist in some form even today. The Great Wall of China is one of the structures that I desire 
to visit before I die. But but there was something I, I read about this wall and I learned uh, that at one point the Great Wall of China was more than 13,000 miles long. Think about that. One wall that was 13,000 miles long. They say you can see the Great Wall of China from space. Uh, and in the scriptures, the walls of Jericho are familiar to many of us because uh, they're the significance that they play uh, in the story of the children of Israel uh, and their attempt to enter the promised land. Uh, and when the children of Israel got to the city of Jericho, uh, what they actually faced uh, were two sets of walls uh, that sat on a hill. Uh, and at the highest point uh, of the highest wall, uh, the children of Jericho found themselves uh, over 55 feet uh, higher than the children of Israel. Uh, and so no wonder the people of Jericho uh, felt safe enough uh, and secure enough uh, and comfortable enough uh, to simply sit on their wall uh, and mock the children of Israel uh, as they began to march uh, around their city. Uh, because there's something uh, comforting. Uh, there's something uh, confidence inducing uh, about a wall uh, that seems to be uh, impenetrable. Uh, a wall uh, that seems up to the task uh, of protecting you from hurt, harm, and danger. A few years ago, my wife and I visited historic Jamestown in Virginia. We spent some time at the original sites of the settlements, the pilgrim settlements, and, and they have, if you've been there or, or if you haven't been there, they've gone back and they've reconstructed some replicas of the buildings and the walls that they built when they first arrived, the defenses that they tried to, to establish when they first got here to America. And I have to say that the walls, when I look at those walls, Pastor, those walls don't really seem that confidence inducing to me. Those walls are not as strong as I perhaps would have liked in a new land without understanding or knowing what lied, what lie out there. But I could almost envision them after so many months of travel on the seas facing unpredictable seas and uncertain tides. I can see them when they arrived to their destination uh, and they now face uh, even more uncertainty uh, that there was something on the inside uh, that says we've got to build uh, some sort of walls uh, and the walls that they built no doubt uh, it gave them some sense uh, of protection uh, and comfort uh, in the face uh, of the unknown there's something reassuring uh, about a wall in a trying place and a trying time you don't feel quite as vulnerable. You don't feel quite uh, as unprotected uh, when you find yourself behind uh, a wall. Uh, there is some measure of disconnect uh, between the terror that might lie uh, out there and the relative security that lies within here. And no doubt the more substantial the wall, the greater the sense of security within the wall. The more trustworthy the wall the more confidence the inhabitants can live with and live in. The walls are a fixed defense. Uh, it's a defense uh, that exists all day 
every day. And once the walls are constructed, there's a substance in them that's not greatly affected by the seasons and the times. The darkest of nights don't affect the walls. The coldest of winters don't affect the walls. The wind and the rains of life don't affect the walls because they exist on a firm foundation that has been anchored somewhere deep below the surface. The Bible does talk, though, about the lack of a wall. In Proverbs 25, 28, when the Bible says that a man with no self-control is like a city that is broken down and has no walls. What a terrible place to live your life, going through this life, being exposed to every assault of the enemy being exposed to every temptation that might come your way walking without any walls. You're vulnerable. You're defenseless against an enemy who has a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. It's a dangerous place to try to live your life. And I do understand that we have in Houston and I know in Florida you have churches that call themselves church without walls and and I understand the context uh, that some of these churches mean uh, to present that name uh, and mean to present uh, that, 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 that thought the church uh, without walls uh, but I'm also concerned uh, that in some cases uh, it's becoming true uh, in every sense uh, that they try to really become uh, a church uh, without walls uh, that there actually are very little uh, to know walls and any wall is seen as a negative thing. Any wall is seen as something that's restrictive. And I can stand here and say today that I thank God for some of the walls and some of the boundaries in my life. I don't know where I would be if not for some of the walls and some of the boundaries that God has placed around me. I believe there's been walls in my life that my mom and dad prayed around me that had nothing to do with me. I thank God for the walls in my life. My God. But our scripture tonight calls our walls salvation. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the walls of salvation in my life. I'm thankful that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Uh, of whom shall I be afraid? Uh, when the wicked, uh, even mine enemies uh, and my foes, uh, came up upon me to eat uh, of my flesh, uh, they stumbled uh, and fell. Uh, though in hosts uh, should encamp against me, uh, my heart uh, shall not fear. Uh, though war should rise up against me, uh, in this uh, will I be confident. Uh, one thing uh, have I desired uh, of the Lord, uh, and that will I seek after, uh, that I may dwell uh, in the house of the Lord uh, all the days uh, of my life uh, to behold the beauty uh, of the Lord uh, and to inquire uh, in his temple uh, for in the time uh, of trouble. My God, somebody uh, needs to hear the word of God. Uh, in the time uh, of trouble, uh, he shall hide me uh, in his pavilion. Uh, in the secret uh, of his tabernacle, uh, he shall hide me. Uh, he shall set me uh, upon a rock. Uh, God is uh, a refuge uh, and strength, uh, a very present help uh, in times of trouble. Uh, 
Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though mountains shake and tremble with the swelling thereof, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. I'm so thankful for the walls of salvation in my life. My God. Oh, I'm not here tonight uh, because I've been perfect. Uh, I'm not here tonight uh, because I haven't failed. Uh, I'm here tonight uh, because of the walls uh, of salvation uh, that God uh, has placed around me. Uh, My God. And yes, there are times I face uncertain situations. There are times like those pilgrims and settlers I find myself in a place I've never been to before. Perhaps surrounded by an enemy unseen and unknown. But I shall not be afraid of the terrors by night, nor the arrows by day. Because we just sang about it. That when the enemy comes in uh, like a flood, uh, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I've come this evening to try to talk to somebody uh, who the enemy has just about convinced uh, that you're vulnerable. Uh, He has you just about convinced uh, that you're at the end of your rope. Uh, He has you just about convinced uh, that he's on the edge uh, or the verge uh, of victory uh, in your life. Uh, You ought to take a few moments uh, and just thank God uh, for the walls uh, of salvation in your life. To the enemy it's an obstacle but to you it's salvation. To the enemy it's a hindrance but to you it is a keeping power of the Holy Ghost in your life. My God. Uh, The devil recognizes the power of the hedge around your life. That's why he complained to God that he couldn't even get to Job. He understands the power of the hedge. So it doesn't always have to be well with my finances. As long as I can say it is well with my soul. It doesn't always have to be well with every aspect of my health. As long as I can say it is well with my soul. I thank God that the blood has been applied to my life. I thank God for the walls of salvation so our verse this evening said that the walls are salvation but then it goes on to say that the gates shall be called praise there's a fundamental difference between walls and gates in terms of the defenses in our lives because where the walls represent the most fixed the most secure, the most unmoving points of protection. The gates represent the most moving, the most perhaps vulnerable points of protection. Where the walls are a constant, the gates 
are the variable. The laws are fixed and unmoving. But the inhabitants control the gate. And if the inhabitants don't man the gates and don't actively close the gates, the gates might as well not even be here. The gates don't do you any good if they're not manned and closed during the point of attack. So somebody has to be on the lookout for the enemy. Somebody has to see the attack coming. And somebody has to say, it's time to erect the gates of praise. If you waited too long to close the gate, you might not get the gate closed in time. And so if there was ever going to be a breach of the defenses, it was most likely going to happen at the gates. Hear me when I say that the enemy knows human nature well enough to know that when we find ourselves under attack, it's our tendency to stop praising. Uh, when we find ourselves under the assault of the enemy, it's our tendency to say, I don't feel like praising. I don't feel or see anything worth praising for. And in the times of battle, that's exactly what the enemy needs to happen in order for him to come in uh, to the city unchecked uh, in order for him to come in uh, to the city uh, untouched uh, he needs for you uh, to neglect the gates uh, of praise uh, because hear me when I say uh, there's nothing the enemy can do uh, about the walls uh, of salvation uh, there's nothing the enemy can do uh, about the redeeming blood uh, of Jesus Christ uh, there's nothing the enemy can do uh, about the walls that God uh, has placed around you uh, but if he can get you uh, to abandon uh, the gates of praise he can come into your family unchecked. He can come into your church unchecked. He can come into your home unchecked. But I've come to preach something in the somebody spirit where you might be able to say, I can be like Paul and Silas. It might be midnight. I might be chained hand and foot. I might be locked behind the walls and the windows. But I can praise God in spite of what's happening. I can praise God right I am. And if I keep praising, something is going to change. If I keep praising, chains are going to come off. If I keep changing, doors are going to open. If I keep praising, everything is going to change. My God, I feel a revelation. I feel a revelation in this house. So you give God glory. When you praise him in the middle of your crisis, you give God glory when you praise him in the midst of your struggle, but you also give yourself protection. Hear me when I say you can't be destroyed if you keep praising. The enemy can't overrun your city if you keep praising. The enemy can't do whatever he wants to do if you make up your mind. I'm going to erect the gates of praise and I'm not going to stop praising until the battle is over. I'm not going to stop praising until the victory.
sheep. Oh, it's time for somebody to get your song back. It's time for somebody to get your shout back. It's time for somebody to get your dance back. I know it's been painful, but it's time to erect the gates of praise. I know it's been a struggle, but it's time to erect the gates of praise. I know you don't feel like it, but it's time to erect the gates of praise. She, she, my God, my God. My God, 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 he got a book out, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. See, if we're not careful, we'll begin to see praise as something we just do for God's benefit. I don't feel like it, but. I'm going to praise God just because he, he wants the praise. I've been around long enough to learn that my praise benefits me so much more than it benefits God. That when I magnify God, I don't make him any bigger than he already is. He's as big as he ever needs to be. When I exalt and lift God up, I don't make him any higher than he already is. He's as big or as high as he needs to be. But it does something to me when I magnify God. I make him bigger than my circumstances. I make him bigger than my situation. When I lift God up, it lifts me up so much more than it actually lifts him. My God. The Bible declares... That we overcome. My God, I'm, I want to preach to somebody in this house uh, about becoming an overcomer. The Bible declares that we overcome uh, by the blood of the Lamb. That's salvation. That's the wall. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Hear what I'm saying. That's the wall of salvation. But it doesn't stop there. In addition to the blood of the Lamb, it says we overcome by the word of our testimony. It's not just about the blood. It's not just about the walls. But it's about what comes out of our mouth. It's about what happens when we open our mouth. We begin to testify. We begin to remind ourselves of who our God is and what our God has done. And we become... An overcomer. I've been around long enough to learn that God does not necessarily give you enough strength to always lift your burden. But he does give you enough strength where you can always lift your hands. That even when your heart is heavy, your trial is heavy, you can always lift your hands. Lift your eyes to the hills from which cometh your help. Paul and Silas did not have to have enough strength to break their chains. And if they had done that, they still would have had to have enough strength to overpower the guards. If they had done that, they would still have to have enough strength to break the locks on the doors and the gates. All they had to have was enough strength to sing their song in their midnight hour. 
when you're facing a Jericho situation. You don't have to have the ability to tear down walls that stand 50 feet high. You just have to have enough strength to keep walking and to keep praising. Keep walking and keep praising. I've talked about this before, but I feel led to talk about Isaiah 61.3. The Bible says that God gives us for the spirit of heaviness a garment of praise. I wonder if anybody in this house can be transparent enough to acknowledge that when the Bible talks about a spirit of heaviness, that you know exactly what the Bible is talking about. That you know what it means to have a heaviness come over your mind, your spirit, your body, just out of nowhere, a doom, a gloom, a darkness. Sometimes uh, nothing you can even put your finger on that precipitated it. But you just, uh, there's a heaviness that comes over you. The Bible says in Isaiah 61.3 that for that spirit of heaviness that God has given us a garment of praise. There's a few things I find interesting about that. Because you might think on the surface that if God took away one spirit, he might replace it with another spirit. That if he took away a spirit of heaviness, that he might replace it with a spirit of happiness, a spirit of joy. And perhaps you've even prayed that God take away this heaviness and give me your joy. But the Bible declares that God's remedy for a spirit of heaviness is not a spirit of happiness, but it is the garment of praise. And hear me when I say, if it's God's solution, it must be the best solution. If it's God's remedy, it must be the best remedy. And I set out a few years ago to try to figure out what makes the garment of praise the best remedy for the spirit of heaviness. And in my prayer, thinking about it, what God brought back to my memory was an old saying I've heard my entire life, that if you give a man a fish... He can eat for a day. But if you teach him how to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. And when I began to think about this in the context of Isaiah 61.3, I began to realize, yes, God uh, could take away that spirit of heaviness uh, and give me a spirit of happiness. But that would be like giving me that fish. That would be a one-time solution uh, that would only last for so long uh, because something else would happen uh, and would destroy that spirit uh, of happiness. Uh, and I would be right back in uh, that heavy that heavy place. Uh, it would be just uh, a temporary fix uh, that might last uh, for just one night. Uh, but by giving me the garment of praise, uh, it's like teaching me how to fish. Uh, it's not just a one-time solution. Solution, uh, that's going to get me out uh, of one heavy night. Uh, it's not just a one-time solution uh, that's going to get me out uh, of one dark place. Uh, but with my garment of praise, uh, any time uh, and every time uh, I feel the spirit uh, of heaviness, uh, I've already got the answer. Uh, I can take out my garment of praise uh, and I can praise God uh, until there's a lifting. Uh, I can take out my garment of praise uh, and I can praise God uh, until the heaviness uh, is defeated. Uh, any time uh, and every time. Uh, it's not just going to get me through one night, but I've already got the answer. I can praise until everything changes. My God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. 
I don't think I'm even going to be able to finish. Musicians, go ahead and come on. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this. I'm trying to preach to somebody in this house who may have found yourself under the attack of the enemy. I'm not saying that to be critical. Perhaps not even your fault. But you have found yourself under siege. Your family under siege. And you're trying to figure out what you can do to survive the attack. You're trying to figure out what you can do uh, to secure the perimeter in your life. You're trying to figure out what you can do uh, to have the protection of God uh, active in your life uh, the way it needs to be. Uh, I've come preaching here in this house uh, that in those circumstances, uh, you've got to remember uh, the gates of praise. uh, And you've got to make up your mind, uh, God, uh, you're going to control what you control. God, uh, you're going to take care uh, of the walls uh, of salvation. Uh, But as for me uh, and my house, uh, we will erect uh, the gates uh, of praise. As for me uh, and my house, uh, we will sing uh, in the midnight hour. As for me uh, and my house, uh, we will praise uh, until everything changes. Uh. So you might have come in tonight. You might have come in in a heavy place. You might have come in battling the spirit of heaviness. But you know God's solution. Based on Isaiah 61.3, you can begin to praise God and defeat that heaviness. But let me just say one more thing. That happens, I believe, for all of us many times when we come to the house of God. We come heavy. We praise. We feel a lifting. But too many of us leave our garment of praise at our pew. And so we get to the point where for an hour or two every week, we come and there's a temporary release from the heaviness. But by the time we go back to the car, we left our praise here in this building and we're right back to that heavy place. I want to praise to ignite in this house that's not going to stay in this house but that somebody's going to wake up tomorrow with a song see out of God somebody's going to wake up tomorrow uh, and when the enemy tries to come back uh, with that spirit of heaviness uh, you say wait a minute uh, I've already got the solution uh, it might be 7 o'clock in the morning uh, I might be the only one uh, in the bedroom uh, but I can praise uh, until the heaviness uh, is gone uh, I can praise uh, until there's a lifting uh, I can praise uh, until the gates uh, are closed uh, oh come on all across this building uh, begin to lift your voice uh, all across this building uh, begin to Erect uh, the gates of praise uh, all across this building. Uh, close the gates uh, in your life. Uh, I'm going to praise God uh, until something uh, takes place. Uh, I'm going to praise God uh, until something uh, changes uh, in my life. This is what we've come to do. Tear down strongholds, break the chains. Find the devil in Jesus' name. Tonight, we got a right to shake the foundations with the same glory, glory, hallelujah, this is what, this is what we've come to do, 
this house. I'm not leaving defeat. I'm not leaving heaven. I'm not leaving cast down.
Rock Jesus. You know, the best form of defense that a city, a community, an individual can have is to have a posture that is both offensive and defensive. Many times in Scripture we've seen where the key to receiving from the Lord is praise and faith. Why is it that praise and faith is what activates people receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, people receiving a healing in their body? Because both praise and faith is defensive and offensive. When you believe, it protects your own spirit, but it also takes new territory. Hallelujah. When you worship the Lord, it's not just a posture of being on the defense, but you, when you praise Him, you take new territory. He gives you the ability to advance. Because the walls can't move, but those gates can open up and an army can come out. And God's people can lift up the name of Jesus in any environment. Hallelujah. Oh, I was glad when they said it to me. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Ah, Jesus. It's been said that the best defense is a good offense. Security system that's on this building is not only to protect the items that are in this building, locked doors and locked windows, but it also has an alarm system that if somebody was to penetrate that out barrier, they would immediately activate an alarm to the Palm Bay Police Department. That's the offensive nature of it. We're not interested in just protecting the building. We want to catch whoever tried to get in. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why you ought to praise Him every day. Not only does it protect you, not only does it protect your spirit, not only does it protect your home, not only does it protect your finances, but when you worship the Lord, hallelujah, it catches those spirits that would try to destroy you and sends them back to where they came from. For greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. We advance by our praise. Jesus! Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Y'all got one more song in you? I want you to link up with somebody. I'm about tired of this COVID business. I want you to link up with somebody. You need to get a dance partner. gotta go we love you god bless you you're dismissed we're just having fun now come on get somebody you can worship god with come on i'm gonna bless the lord in hell i'm gonna take new territory yes lord yes come on the devil tried to knock you out Put your spirit here worshiping.